Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne this evening, Lord, to praise you one more time through your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, our Lord and Savior, who has given us life and righteousness and an eternal hope, a hope that is imperishable. Lord, I praise you and honor you for your gospel, the gospel of salvation, the gospel of grace, whereby you have saved your people who were in slavery of sin, and you have cleansed them by the blood of your Son, the blood that goes deeper than the stain is gone. And Lord, as I speak, may you speak to your people, may you give them the ears to hear, May you cause them to see Christ as their only hope of life, forgiveness, and salvation. Our Lord, may you help me tonight that your people may hear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to be here always, but even more, it's good to always be talking about Jesus. I like to talk about Jesus. And I want you to hear about Jesus. I have not come to talk about the President of the United States. I have come to talk about the one who created all things, who sits on the throne, the one who has brought you here to hear about him. And so we are going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, He regained his sight and began following him on the road. The Jesus of the blind beggars. The Jesus of the blind beggars. Or the call that catches the attention of Jesus. I'm sure you want to get the attention of Jesus. You want the attention of the Son of God. You can't get the attention of the President of the United States. But there's a way to get attention. To get attention from Jesus. There was a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus. I don't know if you remember Simon by Jonah. Simon was one of Jesus' disciples, Simon Peter. When Simon Peter gave the confession of who Jesus was, Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, which means Simon the son of Jonah. And if you still remember Barabbas, the thief, that also, that name means the son of, the son of the fathers. And now we have the Bar Timaeus. Bar means son of. 
Ba, Ba, means son of. But Maas means the son of Timaeus. I'll explain that a little bit more when I get to that point. But this man, but Maas was a blind man who lived in the city of Jericho and begging would have been a common sight in a city like Jericho. Jericho was a wealthy city. And because he was blind, as you would expect, he had a lot of limitations. He was very limited in what he could do for himself. He was constrained by his blindness and could not be independent. He could not be independent. In this time, in this day and age, they did not have trained dogs to help them navigate or find their way around. They did not have schools for the blind. And as a result, this man was poor because he could not work for himself and could not provide for himself. He could not provide for his needs. And not only that, he was a blind man. And because he was a blind man, he also faced a lot of social stigma. Because there was nothing attractive about him. There was nothing attractive about a blind beggar who lives on the street, who lives begging for food. The man did not shower and did not change clothes. And so he did not smell good. He could only earn his living by begging. And since he could only earn a living by begging, people knew him. He was a permanent fixture on the roads. He was always standing or sitting by the roads. And I remember growing up in Zimbabwe, and there were these blind people, blind beggars, they would come in the company of their children and would be singing and begging, and this they did every single day. This was their way of living. And it was a pitiful sight. Typically though, the blind man like the one that I just showed you in the picture. That is kind of the picture of this man. They would just sit in the same spot the whole day because there was nowhere else to go and there was nothing for them to do. Because they did not have a helping hand. And a lot of times, their families would disown them and leave them to fend for themselves and die by themselves. And if they were sick, they could not tell anyone. If they were in pain, they kept it to themselves. No one cared for them. No one cared to hear anything about what was going on with their lives. And some people thought that they were cursed of God. Why would this man be blind? He should have done something wrong for him to be blind. They thought he may have committed some sin that caused God to curse him with blindness. And we hear in John chapter 9, we have a similar discussion where the disciples of the Lord came to him as they were passing by. They saw a blind man. John 9 verse 1 to 3. Listen to this. And as he passed by, that is Jesus, as Jesus was passing by where this blind man was sitting, he saw a blind man from Beth. So this man was blind from birth. 
And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he would be born blind? So their question is, this man could not be blind if the parents did not sin. If not, he did something wrong that God caused the blindness on him. But listen to what Jesus answered and said. It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. Jesus says it was not because his parents did anything wrong or he did anything wrong. But why Jesus? Listen to what Jesus says. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. It was so that when Jesus would come, he may find someone who was blind to heal. And in that healing, God will be glorified. So Jesus said, the suffering of this particular man was not because of any sin that his parents or himself had done. So sometimes even we go through a lot of suffering, not necessarily because we have done anything wrong. Suffering is just the way that God has arranged our lives. In that, in the suffering that you may see the glory of God. That you may trust God. That you may know Him. That you may seek Him. That you may know your need for Him. Because you have to have a need for God if you have to come to Jesus. This man, if he was not blind, would not have cared who Jesus was. But, our, but Mias here was not born blind from birth. Because he asked Jesus if he could receive his sight again. So this man used to see before. Once you were blind, you pretty much live the same kind of life. You were blind. And if you are blind, you live the life of blindness. So if you are a blind person, as I said, your life is about begging. You sit outside, and if you can sing, you sing some songs to try and have people to have compassion on you that they may give you something. That they may give you something. And also something that you have to be reminded of about being a blind beggar. It's not like they were a blind beggar and then they would go back home. If you were a blind beggar, you were also homeless. You were also homeless. You are homeless because the family has abandoned you. So our blind men here, but Mears, if you go to heaven, you're actually going to see this guy. He's going to be there. But Mears is brother but Mears. The Lord healed him. The Lord saved him. So this man's life was about begging, sitting on the road, asking people, those who were willing to part with anything that they could give him. He did not have any merit in himself and so survived only on grace. If you were blind and had not been born into a well-to-do family, your options were very limited. And your life also would be very miserable. And this is the profile. This is the profile of the man that we have in our text. But what are we to make of this story? Why did God record this for you to read in the Bible? What is the picture that the Lord would have us to understand why is he telling us the story about the blind man 
and not the story of other people. As always, these stories were not given that we may enjoy the power of Jesus in healing sickness and disease. Jesus was not a showman. He was not putting up a show for Las Vegas. There was something that he was teaching by this healing. These were pictures. These were pictures of salvation. These were pictures of the condition of man. And the desperate condition of all men because of sin. The condition of all men is pictured in the scriptures by all the infirmities, all the sicknesses, all the diseases of the people that were recorded for us. If you remember, we had the woman with the issue of blood. That woman with the issue of blood, whose blood could not stop running for 12 long years. And could not be healed by anybody. She had sought the help of many physicians. And as she did that, her money was running out. And yet her condition was not getting better. She was at the point of death because of her disease. And because of her disease that could not be stopped, she also was a social outcast. Nobody wanted to talk to her. And if you still remember the man who had the legion of demons and how he lived in the mountains. He lived in the mountains by himself. Can you imagine that life to live in the mountains by yourself? You sleep there. Nobody comes to see you to say, Hi, how are you doing today? You don't take a bath. You don't do anything. You are right there by yourself. And there's no hope for you. Listen to what Luke taught us in Luke 8, 27. Jesus was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothing for a long time. The man had not put anything on for a long time and was not living in a house but in the tombs, in the burial places, in the mountains. For he, listen to Luke 829. Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had seized him many times, and he was bound with chains and shackles, and kept under guard, and yet he would break his bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. So all these pictures were not just physical ailments, they were not just physical diseases but we're a picture of what has happened to all men because of sin. We have to understand that. Because if we don't understand that, we can never understand our own condition. You may never live in the mountains like this man. You may never have an issue of blood like the woman for 12 years, but you are no better than them. You still have the same problem as they had. They needed Jesus. You too need Jesus. All men born of a woman are like one who is bleeding to death and they can't find a cure. All men born in sin are like one who is born blind. They are helpless to help themselves. They can't save themselves from blindness. They can't open their eyes and no one can open their eyes. If you are blind right now, you can't open your eyes and I can't come and open your eyes. Even if you desire to open your eyes, you can't. Because that is something which is beyond your ability to do. 
So the sin of all men is pictured here in our story as causing spiritual blindness. Because of sin, all men are spiritually blind. And if you are spiritually blind, it means you cannot see the things of God by yourself. Unless God does something to you or for you and he comes and opens your eyes. The man born blind in John 9 had been blind from birth. He had been blind from birth. And this man, all he knew was just blindness. He had never seen the light. Even if he went outside, it was not much different from being inside. So spiritually, that's who we are. Spiritually, we are born as blind rebels who can't be put in chains like the man with the legion of demons. Spiritually, our health is not good. Spiritually, our health is like the woman with the issue of blood. And because of that, one who is born blind can only come to Jesus as a beggar. If you are a blind person, you can only live by begging. And if you are spiritually blind, you can only come to Jesus as what? As a beggar. A beggar only has one way to live. Begging. What is that? What do we mean by begging? That is a picture of grace and faith. Grace and faith. The man every day goes out with the faith that someone is going to come and be merciful to them and give them something to eat. And also, someone who is gracious has to come to them. Grace gives everything for free to the one who believes. So since we all and you were born blind, you were born blind, you can only come to God only one way. There's only one way that you can come to God. You can only come to God as one who is a beggar. And we are all blind beggars as far as God is concerned. It doesn't matter even if your eyes are open. As far as God is concerned, you are not different from the blind beggar. If we have to call on Jesus, we have to realize that we are blind beggars. If you don't understand that, if you don't get that, Jesus will not hear you. That's what he's teaching. That's what is in the text. Just give me some time. But hear this. Not only was the man blind, but he was also unclean. His name was Bartimaeus. And remember what I said at the beginning. Ba means son of and so this blind man was the son of Timaeus. Son was used also in the Hebrew to mean not necessarily that you are someone's son, like you are James' son, like my son is my son. We have the story of the two brothers, James and John. And when they asked Jesus if they could call fire from heaven, he nicknamed them the sons of thunder. What Jesus was saying by that was not they were born of thunder. Jesus was saying they liked violence. Or the other way that it was used was if someone said, you are the son of corruption. What that means is this person practices 
corrupt things, they are a corrupt person. So to be a son of something or someone sometimes was used to describe one's character in a good or bad way. So what did Timaeus mean? It meant one who was unclean. As a blind beggar, he would not be able to take care of his hygienic needs and so he was filthy looking, hence the name son of Timaeus. You have to hear that. It was not that Timaeus was his father. No, it was because he smelled bad and was unkempt and unclean. But Maes was the son of unclean. He was the son of uncleanliness. One whose identity was filthiness. And he was so unclean that they had to give him a name. He was that unclean. Spiritually, that is what God is saying. He is saying we are unclean like Bartimaeus was. Spiritually, we are born as the son of unclean because we are blind and because we are sinful. And because of that, we can only come to God as beggars. Listen to verse 47. When the blind man heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When Bartimaeus was informed that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, he cried out. He did not just sit and say, okay, I don't care. He cried out to Jesus. He cried out for attention and was shouting continuously to Jesus and asking for mercy. The man was unyielding. And listen to what he said. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know who Jesus is. Jesus was the descendant of King David. Because the Messiah was supposed to come through the line of King David. And this blind man is a Jew. So he knows that God has promised to bring a Messiah who shall be a descendant of King David. Not only that. If you still remember what I said earlier, this man used to have his sight. So in the days that he used to see, he was able to go to the synagogue by himself. And if he had gone to the synagogue, he had had the scrolls being read. The scrolls would have been read from the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, the Messiah is promised that he would come and open the eyes of the blind and bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from their prison. And he remembers this about the Messiah, not only that he also heard from people talking about Jesus, because when we go back to the text, it says, when he heard that Jesus was passing by, so he had heard some things about Jesus. He heard people talking about Jesus of Nazareth and how he was healing the blind and those who had all kinds of sickness. The man also probably knew the Psalms. A Psalm like Psalm 4 verse 1 which says, Answer me when I call. O God of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. That's a prayer that God hears. Answer me when I call. O oh God of my righteousness, 
You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me. Hear my prayer. So this is the same kind of prayer that this man has prayed. And so he cried out. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Savior. Have mercy on me. Listen to what he said and what he did not say. The man did not say, Jesus, you have to heal me because I'm a Jew. The man did not say, Jesus, heal me because I was a good boy. He did not say anything about himself. Why? Because there was nothing to say about himself. He was an unclean beggar. He was an unclean person. And what is there to hear from an unclean vagabond? Even right now as we speak, if we were to find a person with that kind of description, we would not even want to talk to them. We would not want to talk to them. What is there to hear from one who is despised by everyone? What is there that this man could offer to Jesus to get his attention? If Jesus does not hear this man, then he shall forever remain blind. If Jesus does not pass by and hear this man, this man is going to die a blind beggar. If Jesus does not pass through Jericho, this man is dying, as I said. But the man said something that Jesus had. He cried out for mercy. He cried out for mercy. But before he asked for mercy, he acknowledged who Jesus was. Because you see, you have a lot of people who call themselves Christians who don't really believe who Jesus is. Jesus is God. And if you don't believe that Jesus is God, he won't heal you. When the blind man said, the son of David, that's the title of Jesus as the Messiah. So he cried out the more and loudly, and it annoyed a lot of people who were around him. So like if you happen to talk about Jesus around some people, they don't want you to be talking about Jesus. They'll be like, be quiet. So they were trying to silence him. But he cried out more intensely. Son of David, have mercy on me. These people probably think he was a nuisance to Jesus and Jesus would not want to deal with those kind of people. That Jesus would not have anything to do with these lowly beggars. And they may also have been opposed to what it is that you are saying. They're thinking, this can't be the Messiah. We know this guy. What are you talking about him being the son of David? But Jesus had the blind beggar because the blind beggar had nothing to offer Jesus. And he saw Jesus as his only way of salvation. That's why he kept calling on Jesus. If you see Jesus as your only way of salvation, you have to keep calling on Jesus. You have to keep calling on Jesus. Not telling him what you have done. But asking for mercy. Jesus had the man because he spoke the language that Jesus hears and understands. Jesus always hears a call for mercy. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, whoever calls on me, I will no way cast out. If you want to have Jesus to hear you, you have to ask 
for mercy and grace. But hear this, verse 48. So many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Come in, Brother Ray. Praise the Lord. The man kept crying out the more. Those who do not want you to talk about Jesus will prevent you from calling on Jesus. They want you to be quiet about your testimony of Jesus so that you remain dead as they are. They want you to come to Jesus boasting about yourself and not crying out for mercy. But if you don't cry out for mercy, Jesus cannot hear you. The call of mercy is the only call that reaches heaven. The call for God's mercy in Christ is the only call that Jesus hears. This call is a call of desperation. You have to call Jesus in desperation because if you don't see your desperation, you can't call for help. And if you remember when Peter was sinking, Apostle Peter, when he was sinking, do you remember what he did? Hear this. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. Apostle Peter became frightened after he had asked the Lord if he could come to where the Lord was. So Apostle Peter is walking on water. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. And as he is sinking into the water, what did he do? He cried out. He cried out and said, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. When Peter began to sink, no one knew that Peter was sinking. All the other disciples were still in the boat. It's only Peter who was sinking and Jesus who knew that Peter was sinking. So even right now, you may be feeling like you're sinking. And nobody else knows. But there's one who knows that you're sinking. Jesus knows that you're sinking. Hear what Peter did. Because he too was frightened. Peter was at the point of death. We are all at the point of death. We die one way or the other, but we die. And we are going to die. And unless we realize that we are sinking, we are not going to call Jesus in a way that Jesus hears. Peter did not cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, bring me the cookies. Peter did not say, don't forget to eat the tilapia that I caught for you. Remember, Peter was a fisherman. Peter said, Lord, save me. Save me, Jesus. And listen to the response of Jesus. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, all you little of little faith, why do you doubt? Immediately. Immediately. A time is coming when you shall really feel your sinking. And there's only one who is able to immediately stretch out his hand and save you. There's only but one. There's only but one. Jesus Christ. If you are beginning to sink this evening, if you have been feeling like you are beginning to sink, if you have been feeling that your health is not good, if you are afraid of dying and you feel like you are sinking, there is only one whose hand can reach. It doesn't matter where you are. 
in your room, sitting where you are, in the hospital, there's only one who can reach. And his hand is so big that he can reach each and every one of his people. He never gets too busy. Lord Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you hear the prayer? It's prayer. It's a prayer. It's a simple prayer. But it's a prayer that God hears. To ask for mercy is to say, please help me. Please help me. Please help the wretched. Please help the weak and the afflicted. I am seeking your deliverance right now or else I perish. Hear what Jesus did to the blind man. Verse 49. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, Take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. Don't miss this. Jesus stopped. Jesus has no business stopping, but he stopped for this man. And he was not the only blind man in the city. And yet Jesus stopped for this man. And we want to learn from this what it is that we have to say to cause Jesus to stop and to hear you. Because Jesus has a lot of things to do. Very important things to do. He keeps the whole universe by his power. So what are you going to do to cause him to stop for one second and say, call him, call her. Jesus calls the man. And those who were preventing the man from calling out to Jesus, they could not do anything to stop the man from going to Jesus. Once Jesus calls you to come, there's no one who can stop you from coming to Jesus. There is no one who can get in the way. The devil cannot get in the way once Jesus says, Tell him to come. Tell her to come. There is no one who can get in the way. If the Father draws you to Jesus, God the Father has to draw you to Jesus. If the Father draws you to Jesus by his Holy Spirit, you can't stop calling on his name. Do you want to know if Jesus has heard you? There's a way to know. You can't stop calling on him. You can't stop calling on Jesus. You don't have to say very complicated things. You only have to... He already knows everything. You have to come to him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to the action of the blind man. Verse 50, and we have one more verse after that and we'll be done. The action of the blind man, verse 50. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. The man threw off his cloak. If you look at the picture that I gave you, the blind man there has a cloak for covering. That is what he wore for his covering. That is what was his shelter. Because he was a homeless man. He was a homeless man. So when Jesus called him, what did he do? He threw away the coat. Because the coat was heavy and was getting in the way of him to run to Jesus. He had to run to the call of his Savior and could not bring anything with him. And this is a blind man who lives outside. He sleeps on the street. So the cot, that clock that he had, would have been the most important possession that he had for his covering in winter and from the rain and from the sun. And yet he takes it off still blind because 
if for some reason Jesus is not able to heal him, maybe he may never recover his coat. But he takes off the coat at the core of Jesus. He takes it off and he runs to Jesus. Oh, may the Lord teach you. What was the man throwing away? Why did the Holy Spirit give us this account? Why did the man take off his jacket? That which was very important to him. He was throwing away his coat because God was teaching that if you are coming to Jesus, you have to throw away everything that you think you're going to use to be accepted by God. You throw away everything. Throw away and run to Jesus. He was saying, Jesus, here I come. Jesus, here I come. And I come with nothing. And I need you to cover me. I need you to cover me with what? With your righteousness. I come that I may be clothed not with my own cloak, but the cloak of your righteousness. If you have to come to Jesus, even today, you have to come naked with nothing in your hands. With nothing in your hands. Lord, take me as I am. I have nothing. Nothing in my hands I bring. I am crying out for mercy and I am crying out for your righteousness, Jesus. Give me your righteousness that I may be covered and be able to enter into the glory of God. You cannot come before God with your own garments. You have to bring the garments that Jesus gives you. So if you have to run to Jesus, when you cry out for mercy, what that means is you are saying, Jesus, cover me. You are asking God. He knows what you need for your covering. He knows. But the command is for you, Jesus, cover me. Cover me. Have mercy on me, Jesus. But we have to throw away the clock of all our good deeds, all our self-righteousness, whatever that we think, oh, I used to be a very good woman. No, that doesn't work with Jesus. We have to throw away that and stand alone on what he has done for you because Jesus has done things for you. He has done things for you that you can't do for yourself ever in all of eternity. And that's what Jesus wants to give you. That's what Jesus gives. Listen to this. And the Lord asked the blind man and said, verse 51, What do you want me to do for you? When you come to Jesus, you have to ask him, What do you want him to do for you? Listen to this. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. <laughs> he did not ask for food. Because he could have asked Jesus for food. And Jesus could make a lot of food. He fed the 5,000. He fed the 4,000. Jesus can and could provide food for him. That could last a lifetime. That could not even go bad because he is God. He could keep it. But listen to what the man asked for. He said, Jesus, open my eyes. I want to see again. Cause me to see Jesus. Cause me to see. You want your eyes to be opened so that you can see Jesus. Don't see me. See Jesus. That is the prayer that God hears. Lord have mercy on me. And tell him what you need. I want to regain my sight. That I may see you Jesus. The man could only see Jesus after Jesus had opened his eyes. You cannot see Jesus unless he opens your spiritual eyes to see him. To see Jesus means to believe in him. That is what it means to see Jesus. It means to believe in him as the son of God who died for your sins who took the punishment that was due your sins and made it right 
between you and God. Jesus has made it right with you and God. And when God sees you today and you believe in Jesus, he doesn't see you. He sees you as one who is covered by the righteousness of Jesus. Listen to Jesus' response. Go, your faith is mad. You will. Go. That's simple. Just one half sentence. Go, your faith is made you well. What does that mean? Jesus said to the man, go, and that is a command. If I say, come out of here and go, that's a command. And it's a command from God. It's the same command that God issued when he created everything. When he said, let there be light, and there was light. It doesn't take much effort for God to do that. And this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I am God. Go. Go in peace. You have been set free from the bondage of your blindness. You go, for I have saved you from that which wanted to kill you. You go because in this cry of mercy, I have forgiven of your sins. And you go because in this cry, I have healed you. And I have removed your blindness from you. I have opened your eyes that you may see me. And this was all contained in just that command. Go. You go in peace now because you have seen me and you never go blind again. Once you see Jesus, once you believe in the true Jesus, you never go blind again. You go now because I have set you free from the chains of blindness and I have removed the shame from you. Because this man was a social outcast. He had shame. He was living his life as a blind man who was also a beggar. Jesus says, you are not a beggar anymore because I have set you free by my grace and by my mercy. You do not smell bad anymore because I have cleaned you up by the word which I have spoken, go because you are clean. And I shall clean you up again by the blood of my own righteousness that goes deeper than the stain has gone. Now you go in peace, blind man. Now you see, because you are not the son of unclean anymore. Now you can go and take a wash. You are not unclean, but you are the son of the clean. So Jesus tells the man how he was made well and says, it is because you believed in me that I made you well. It is because of your faith in me that I made you well. And this is how God makes you well. This is how God always makes anybody well. You have to believe in Jesus. Jesus says, it is because of faith in me that I healed you and I heard your request. It is because of faith in me that I delivered you and rescued you from the misery of your blindness from which nobody and no one could deliver you from. Listen to this. Without faith, what did the Bible say? It's impossible to please God. That's the only way to please God. Do you want to make God happy? You believe in him. Without faith in me, I would not have heard you. Yes, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. There's a way that I hear that is different. There's a touching of Jesus that is different from the touching of other people. Remember the woman with the issue of blood, when he came to Jesus, there were men around him 
pushing Jesus around, but she came and she touched Jesus. And Jesus said, there is someone who touched me. And Peter said, you are crazy, Jesus. There are too many people around here. And Jesus said, no, there's someone who touched me in a way that I felt. There's a way to touch Jesus. There's a way to talk to Jesus. Faith is the way to talk to Jesus. Hear the result. I'll be done in the next two minutes. Immediately, uh-oh, immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. The blind man was healed immediately. Right away, he received his sight. Jesus, Jesus had completely healed him and completely justified the man before God. When the Bible says immediately, there's a purpose for the immediacy of what Jesus did. It's not just for you to see the power of God. Yes, it's part of that. But it is for you to know that when you come to Jesus, immediately God sees you as one of his own. Immediately. You don't have to go and do anything else at the point where you come to Jesus. God says, immediately you are one of mine. When Jesus saves you, he saves you completely. When he saves you you also have to follow him like this man did. You can't say, oh, I used to be a Christian. No, it doesn't work like that. If you come to Jesus, Jesus heals you, you follow him all the way to the end. So when the man came to Christ, immediately God justified the man. Immediately God gave the man the righteousness of Jesus. He saw the man as a righteous man. He looks at us who are in Christ as righteous because of Christ. He pardons all our sins. Jesus Christ is he who died for our sins. Jesus Christ is he who took the penalty of all our sins that we ever committed and will ever commit in this life. It's he who took them upon himself. And he made them his own sins. And God punished him for you and me so that you never ever have to be punished. God will never ever come back to you and ask you for any of the sins that he ever committed. And I'll tell you what. You don't even know 99% of the sins that he committed. But God says in Jesus, everything is settled. In Jesus, everything is settled. May the Lord cause you to hear about the Jesus of Bartimaeus, the Jesus of Nazareth, this one who is the son of David, this one who heals the blind and hears the cry for mercy, it is him who died and resurrected. We are going to be talking about the resurrection in two weeks' time. The resurrection of Jesus. Do you want to know that you are saved? You believe in Jesus? Do you want to know the only way that you can know that God accepted you who believe? It's only one way. God raised Jesus from the dead. Because the resurrection of Jesus means that God accepted the payment that Jesus paid on the cross. And that's good news. And that's our gospel. That's the gospel according to the blind man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you once again as those who were blind. Blind beggars who were the sons of the unclean, just living off the street, not knowing you. But when we heard about Jesus, 
when we heard about Jesus, we called on the name of Jesus and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on us. And Lord, may you cause your people to call on Jesus. May you cause your people to see that they are blind beggars who need Jesus, who need to call on Jesus. May you move their hearts and give them the power to always call on Jesus and say, Jesus, save me. Lord, I am sinking. Save me, Jesus. Lord, I pray for these that you have gathered. You know their needs. You know their struggles, their infirmities. They need your help. They need your strength. They need your provision. Lord, may you strengthen them, even their physical bodies, even more. Lord, I pray that you strengthen their spirits, that they may see the Son of God, that they may long to be with the Son of God, that they may long to be clothed with the righteousness of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, I praise you and thank you for your word. May you be with the people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.